a Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week we are talking about the 25th law. Recreate yourself. All right, Jaren, it's your turn. I need that translation. All right, this one uh, was pretty clear. I, I don't believe it needed a translation. I think everybody understands um, these words pretty easily. All right, no, no sublims in there. No secret code to decode. It's just clear, right? Yep, just recreate yourself. Pretty simple. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, a few words from the OG Robert Greene. Do not accept the roles that society foists on you. Recreate yourself by forging a new identity, one that commands attention and never bores the audience. Be the master of your own image rather than letting others define it for you. Incorporate dramatic devices into your public gestures and actions. Your power will be enhanced and your character will seem larger than life. And these musicians, artists, actors, athletes, comedians, they do this all the time. How many times have you heard, I turn into a different person when I'm on stage? How many times have you seen the greatest performers out there turn out to be introverts and nothing like what you've seen on the stage or nothing like what you heard on their albums how many times does that happen man yeah i would say that that's pretty much a common thing everybody always says that that they turn into a different person when they hit the court or like you said they hit that uh that stage in front of the thousands of screaming fans or the ring or whatever their thing is the normal shy timid version of themselves probably wouldn't cut it and they'll be less likely to be as successful as they are if they just stay within the boundaries of themselves. So they had to be this other creation. They had to recreate themselves into this form of power. So whether it be to be the best performer on stage, the best singer, the best athlete, the best comedian, the funniest guy in the room, they had to create that from what they have. And then some people, um, they actually recreate themselves just in general. Um, one that comes to mind is two chains. True, true. true. <laughs> oh, you messed that up. That's what you should have said. True. Oh my God! I, I I like lobbed that up to you, and instead of with that one hand cock back dunk, you just laid it up. You just finger rolled it. <laughs> I finger rolled it. Look, sometimes you got to do a finesse. Jeez. So <laughs> two chains. Um, back in his player circle days, was true. named uh, Titty Boy. And, you know, he had some success back then, but then he reemerged after being kind of kind of quiet, I would say, for a couple of years. And he reemerged as two chains. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked it up to see, like, why did he do that? And he said that um, basically it makes him more friend, uh, family friendly. So, you know, a kid can say, I want to go get this 2 chains CD rather than Instead a titty of this boy. titty boy? Right. Um, <laughs> and, he, excuse me, and he also said it signified his second chance 
in music after being part of Player Circle. Um, or and, being part of DTP, right? And DTP, yeah. yeah. And, and and so he says that, uh, like, so two chains signifies two, or second chance is basically, it's kind of like a play on the, the phrase second chance, two chains. Ah, got it. Well, I just figured that he didn't he didn't pop super hard when he was with disturbing the peace so when he did try to bring himself out and reemerge, there was nothing to be salvaged from the titty boy name so right. he figured that he'll just create this new identity of himself so and that could be that the, could be the truth and maybe the version that i read um was just his pc you know right <laughs> uh, sugar sugar-coated way of explaining yeah. what was going on but no, that's true. Um, they talk about it in here knowing the audience, and we'll get to that a little bit right. later. But you're right. I mean, you can't have a ten year old boy saying, "I want to go to the to the Titty Boy concert." Right. Well, ten's kind of young. You can't right. have a fourteen year old boy saying, "Yeah, mommy, I want to go see Titty Boy." She gonna be like, "Boy, what are you talking about?" Right. They gotta be like, "I want to go see Breast Boy," and that that don't sound hot at all. <laughs> that sounds like a strip club. But now that we're talking about rappers. Let's talk about that then. So 99% of these rappers out here create music or 99% of the rappers that create this tough music are nowhere near as tough as they claim on their records. So all that tough talk on, on record, that's a recreation of themselves. And uh, they won't admit it, but it's not hard to find half the stuff that they say that they are about that they're not. And it's very, very clear. But it sells records, and people are interested in that, and people want to see it, and people want to hear it. They want to see that persona. Right. And that makes them successful. Some of them, that is. Not all of them. Well, I mean, but it's a character, right? Like, you want to you watch movies with good characters, and I guess with rap, you want to listen to songs with good characters. I mean, think about them action movies, right? You know, you go watch uh what's his name john wick he's he's doing you know pistol kung fu gun fu if you will <laughs> okay <laughs> and he you know he he's he's throwing bullets all around the place killing hundreds of people just because they stole his car and killed his dog and so that's a great character right well the rappers take uh soldier boy for example He's being a character, talking about how he shot up all these people in nah, his house, man. and nah, how, man. how he's in a gang, and all this stuff. He's <laughs> he's actually being a character as well, even though they try their front like it's like it's real and they live this stuff, but that's still being. But a he's, character. he's he's being a terrible character. The OG talked about that, and we'll get to that later too. Just talking about overacting is bad acting. And your boy, Soldier Boy, is definitely overacting. OGRG talked about enlarger actions through dramatic techniques, such as surprise, suspense, sympathy, and symbolic identification. And I want you to name a person present day that does this better than Beyonce. I mean, she is the definition of being the best at theatrics. Her concerts are usually flawless. Her she She's had unprecedented style of releasing albums that are just a surprise nobody does that mm-hmm. or prior to her and then her dramatic releases like the lemonade album where she had the secret to tell everybody and it came out to be this hour-long world premiere of a video based on an entire album that she was releasing that was just out of nowhere right 
So she definitely has dramatic techniques, surprise, and suspense all down pack. Okay. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> uh, maybe Future is like second behind her. Future just put out two albums back to back. Um, didn't even tell nobody it was going to happen until like a week before. Oh, well, there's then, a story behind his, and, and though. Then, and then he might have a third one coming is what I'm hearing. So Yeah, there's a story behind that, though. And we'll talk about that offline because it's not associated with the podcast. And we only what have you, 30 minutes. He's trying to get out his contract. <laughs> it's something like that. It's more of a lawsuit. <laughs> his, Rocco, his Rocco deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... OG also talked about that you have to be aware of your audience and know what will please them and what will bore them. Now, we talked about 2 chains, and he knew his audience. He knew his audience was going to be the kids and some adults. But in music, pop, and rap, they're no different. You need the youth. And you can't walk around and talk about your name as Titty Boy if you want kids to buy your albums. Mm-hmm. Certainly not. So... <laughs> and and it's part of just being self-aware and knowing who your audience is, right? And one artist that came to mind was Music Soul Child. Okay. So he's he's an example of a neo soul artist. And I know neo soul that term is controversial, but it is what it is. I grew up with hearing that term for the genre. Okay, neo soul. Anyway. He was doing Neo Soul for years and years and years. He was great at it. He was really, really good. And then later on down the line, he tried to be a rapper. Fans wasn't digging it. He released an album where he was rapping. Fans wasn't digging that, man. And so obviously, he didn't understand who his core audience was. And the fact that he tried to come back years later and start rapping without any buildup or anybody with the rep you know anybody uh riding for him on his reputation another rapper like he could he should have been featured on somebody's music or something but your neo soul crowd is not going to take you as a rapper because that's not what they want to hear and the kids or the people who listen to rap are not going to give you a shot because they know you as a neo soul guy or they don't know you at all and his rap name was the hustle (laughs) h-u-s-e-l you know what (laughs) If you're a rapper and you ain't said the word hustle one time, you're not really a rapper. Every rapper has said the word hustle at least once. I don't care who you are. Every rapper. He has some type of explanation for that. I can't recall exactly what it was, but he he did have an explanation for why he was doing that. It has something to do with like being able to communicate with the way people communicate now. Like they wouldn't take in his, his singing, like the kids wouldn't receive him as a singer anymore so he wanted to be a rapper yeah so there's this thing that seems kind of uh, wild, though, so. yeah there's this thing that's called a theory and sometimes we have these theories or hypotheses that aren't proved out and so you try them and they might not be right <laughs> I think that his hypothesis was incorrect but you know it's him it's his deal he can do it how he wants <laughs> OGRG says the world wants to assign you a role in life. And once you accept that role, you are doomed. Your power is limited to the tiny amount allotted to the role you selected or have been forced to assume. An actor, on the other hand, on the other hand plays many roles. Hmm. This is interesting. This is why Tiger Woods said he isn't black, man. This right here. This is the reason. 
It's the reason why he got up on TV and said that he was. What did he say? It was. Yeah, yeah, Cablasian. There you go. So what's what's that? That's black, Indian, American Indian. That is, uh, Asian and Caucasian. Yeah. So he's Cablasian. <laughs> he didn't want to be put inside of that box of being the black guy wearing the green jacket or master's jacket. Another person that comes to mind is Hold Kanye on. West. But but oh, once but once he got caught up in that sex scandal, <laughs> he was a black man. Let's not get messed up with Tiger. <laughs> People might have accused him of being the black man, but he didn't come out and say I'm black now. He's still Caucasian. No, I'm saying that the 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 masses really oh, yeah. as the black man now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave him back to us, huh? Because there is no <laughs> other black people that I've seen in golf. I'm sure there has to be somebody, but I don't know. Right? Nobody as hot as Tiger. Right. right. So another person I was thinking of was Kanye West. Man, once he started producing music, he was put in the box of being a producer. Nobody wanted to hear him as a rapper. Once he started making good rap music, when he became successful, nobody wanted to see him as a designer. So he's fighting this box that he's been put in because people see you as one thing and you have to claw your way out of that or you're going to be stuck there forever. Okay. And another rapper, um, Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane, he completely recreated himself. He got out of jail. I mean, this isn't, you know, the whole uh, being, he wasn't, uh, I guess he was kind of stuck in a, in a particular lane. But once he got out of jail, he lost his weight. He grew a beard. He's about to get married. He started dressing nice. He calmed all the way down. And now he's accepted back in the uh, community as a regular human being. Yeah. At first, he was the hip-hop boogeyman. <laughs> but now he's not so scary. I mean, he still has an ice cream cone on his face, but other than yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty scary. You have a tattoo of an ice cream cone. You got to be about that business if that's like but timid people don't do that. He, he certainly recreated himself. <laughs> and you know we can't lead us without sports, man. We know that Michael Jordan recreated himself, right? He was high-flying, dunking Air Jordan. Yeah, yeah. As he got older in his career... He wasn't the high-flying, dunking, switch hands, layup, reverse guy anymore. He okay. turned into the fadeaway Jordan. That was the second coming of Jordan. That's the, the latter years when he realized he couldn't do that forever. He couldn't jump and be the high-flying guy forever. He recreated himself as the fadeaway man. Hmm. Okay. I got a sports person. Or okay. maybe this. Well, I have a, I have a, def, a definite uh, sports person. Then I got somebody who can be. Uh, I think it could still be classified as sports. So Muhammad Ali, aka Cassius Clay. Okay. That's a definite recreation, right? That's a recreation. He went from Cassius uh, Clay for to different Muhammad reasons, Ali. though, right? He did that. Wasn't it due to his uh, his religion. religion? Yeah. Yeah. But he recreated himself, and I mean, he still, you know, he he still was like the fast talker, but his his attitude did kind of change. Oh, you know what? And you're right. That does work because he was one type of person before and I wasn't I wasn't around to know everything about him, but from the video the old video that I've seen, 
Uh, you know move. what? I never saw Muhammad Ali. I need to go see that. I'm disrespecting the culture with yeah. that one. I need to go see that and everything. Yeah, exactly. I need to go see that. But he was one type of person when he was Cassius Clay, and he was a more refined person when he, you know, took on the nation of Islam. Yeah. And so. um, another athlete, or this is the one where I says he's, you know, he kind of can be considered an athlete. Um, the Rock. Or wrestlers in general, they are always recreating themselves. So The Rock came out as Rocky Maivia, the son of Rocky Maivia Senior. I don't know what his father's name was, because <laughs> um, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> but he came out. He came out with this funny curly hair, and he had on the Samoan uniform and all that stuff. And he was a high flyer and all of that. And then one day. The WWF, which is which they were called back then, they decided that they wanted him to be a heel, which is a bad guy. And he stopped all that high flying stuff. He got a haircut. He got a proper fade. And then he started raising his eyebrow and he started cussing at people and smacking jabronis. And it completely changed him. So even though he's a heel, people loved him for this, this new identity that he had. I did not know that about him. And I'm gonna uh, have to go check out the 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 older version. And it's the same, him. yeah. And the same thing with Steve Austin. He used to be like stunning Steve Austin, but then he had like golden uh, or blonde hair, blonde curly hair. He used to wear like purple or something. So he was stunning Steve Austin before yeah. he was Stone Cold. Yeah, he had long hair and everything. I just remember and Stone then, Cold. So wait, was you around to see him at the the stunning Steve Austin? Yeah. Yeah. You 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 okay? Yeah. I just knew him as Stone Cold. Yeah. Then he came out Stone Cold. He had his hair shaved. He's wearing jeans and uh, a drinking beers vest, and throwing beer, beer cans all over the place, flicking people off. And he's supposed to be kind of a bad guy, but the the masses accepting him as just a like a badass, and it was just like, oh, we love this guy. So <laughs> so I mean, again, he recreated himself, and that just happens all the time in wrestling. And then, of course, somebody like The Rock, he's also, you know, now surpassed wrestling. Now he's an actor getting big movies and stuff. So Voice of Maui on Moana. Oh, yeah. He's balling. I just watched that with the kitty. So I watched it, too. I, I went to sleep on it. You did? It was good, bro. You yeah. should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so the OG says your identity will protect you from the world precisely because it is not you. It is a costume you put on and take off. You need not take it personally and i think artists and people of uh so you know celebrities type status they do say this often that you don't really know me so you can't be talking about me i've heard that before and i think you can use this in a workplace too i noticed that there's a stereotype or a double standard excuse me and a stereotype for that matter but when men are firm they're bosses but when women are firm they're bitches, mm-hmm. right? And so I know that has to hurt when you're a woman trying to be about your business at work. You're trying to make sure people meet deadlines and you're trying to make sure that your team does what they're supposed to do. But everybody's walking around calling you, you know, talking behind your back, talking about how mean you are. And some of these women, they're, they're just they have to be that way to get paid attention to in the male dominated society at the workplace. And so that's a that's a costume they put on when they get home, their mothers, 
and they're really caring and that's just how it is that's how it is for some of the women and they have to put on that costume so women out there that have to go through that know that people aren't calling you the b word <laughs> they're not talking to you because they're talking to that person that costume that you're wearing i saw that happen recently at work where a good friend of mine she's in a boss position she's a total boss she's really good at what she does but she has a perception of people that don't know her for being really, really mean and being hard, hard to deal so with. So would you, as we kind of mentioned this before, or um, just this last podcast, I think, where uh, women tend to discipline with emotion. Do you feel like that has a reason? Uh, something no. to do with? No, no. Uh, like, with, well, I, I mean, with a stereotype of when women are in a high position. Oh, they're, they're um... Let's because see. I could think of, I think like the the women who are, you know, who are in power positions that I was around, and when people didn't like them, they did just seem mean. Like I mean, I know some that are in power positions that don't seem mean. The ones who were mean, I mean, like <laughs> they were really bad, and it it just didn't feel like mm. they they didn't right. feel very stoic. You know? Got you. So in your situation, That's maybe you came across because not all managers or not all people in power are good at what they do. Right. Yeah. So maybe the people that you had experienced hadn't hadn't been good at what they've done. So my good friend that I'm talking about, she's really good at what she what she does. And somehow she's able to be motherly at times and she's able to be stern when she needs to be. So I think she balances it really, really well. And there's another woman that I know that is really good at what she does and people think of her as being hard and being mean but you know what she's doing what anybody would do what any man would do to make sure she runs a tight ship and if a man was running that same tight ship they would say he don't play he doesn't play any games he's serious he runs a tight ship but in the circles that i've been around when i heard them talking about this woman they made it to be that she was really difficult and hard to work with and she she always wants you know she always wants she's she's just really hard to deal with and that's that's the persona that people thought of her or that's the perception that people had of her and it was unfortunate because you know she would just she's a really nice person too that woman was a really nice person if you knew her outside of outside of work so with that being said I know that there are women out there who deal with that every single day. And so I just wanted to highlight that because maybe that's not how you really want to be at work. But you have to because you have to do what you have to do to get your job done. And don't worry when you hear those side conversations uh, about how, man, she's so bitchy. She's such a bitch. Don't worry about that. They're talking about that costume that you're wearing. They're not talking about you. And up until this point, um, and I feel like the OG says something about this, but this has been, you know, again, this is about recreating yourself. And up until this point, it's kind of been from the perspective of recreating yourself for other people's sake, basically, Uh you know, to to affect how other people look at you. But um, I guess this is kind of a personal story, but I mean, it can also... Um, that that new identity that you create for yourself can help how you see yourself as well. Yep. That's so, true. Um, for example, you know, um, I have been married all these years, 
and kind of got comfortable, didn't really care about, you know, how I dressed and that kind of thing. You know, it's like, okay, I'm married. She ain't going nowhere. Why do I, you know, do, you know, why do I have to care about getting the flies clothes and all this stuff? You know, I can just do my hobbies and I don't got to care about spending money on new shoes and that kind of thing. And so once that was over and I was back in these streets, you know, I started getting shoes. I started buying all these clothes. You know, I was making sure I was clean shaving and stuff all the time, um, which, of course, the beginning of that was to, um, you know, change my identity or recreate myself for other mm. people to see. Yeah. But the the side effect of that was also, um, you know, the way I looked at myself, you know, affected the way I looked at myself as well. It, um, you know, built up my confidence. You know, I wasn't afraid to go and speak to new people or new women or approach somebody, you know, so recreating yourself also can affect your uh, own self uh, perspective for yourself that's true very true the og says the character you seem to have been born with is not necessarily who you are beyond the characteristics that you've inherited you your parents your peers your friends have helped you shape your personality so that's what the og said and what i took from that is the power play though is you need to control your life and stop letting people around you shape who you are. You need to stop the birds of a feather flock together syndrome. So, Jaron, have you ever seen people who live together? They have the same similar, uh, they have the similar type of thinking, same style of thinking. Yeah. Whether those thoughts are positive or negative. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've seen that with family members that are that are close. They engage in the same negative thought process, and I truly, truly believe. They engage in that negativity the same way because they're around each other so often that they rubbed off on each other. So what I'll say to the listeners is you got to be a leader and mold yourself into who you want to be. Don't just settle and be that person that you're around every day. You know what I mean? Right. So the OG says you got to be an artist and you got to work on yourself every single day. Got to mold yourself like clay. And the first step in that process is self-consciousness. And I think we talked about this recently, just being aware of who you are and take control of your appearance, take control of your emotions. And I think you just talked about yeah, that that's kind just of what now. I just said, yep. Yep. So you did you did exactly that. Now, this part that the OG said, man, this hit home. Okay. So check this out. The OG says that people who wear their hearts on their sleeves are tiresome and embarrassing. Those who cry in public may temporarily elicit sympathy but sympathy soon turns into scorn and irritation at their self obsessiveness wow hmm. so you've seen people to do that crying public i've seen people do that at work right where they don't get what they want they start crying everybody's like oh man look she made such and such cry or he made such and such cry and like the og said man it might get that sympathy temporarily but soon it turns into scorn and irritation. And the and problem is... We talked is, about that a little bit last week, I think, too. And earlier in the pot, in the um, PowerCast, I think there was a law about, you know, not showing all of those. Ah, uh, um, yep. Yeah. Not showing your emotion. Yeah. And the problem is, especially when you do something like that for that, <clears throat> that temporary satisfaction, like crying to get everybody on your side... The problem is people know what you want. They know you want that attention. 
And most of us on the outside feel like, man, that crying game is hitting below the belt, man. You didn't have to come out with the tears. You didn't have to do that. And because of that, you kind of don't want to give them the sympathy that they're looking for. You know what I mean? Because if you give them that sympathy, you're kind of promoting that habit of, all right, when you get frustrated, just start crying and then everybody's going to run to your rescue. So according to the OG, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. It's tiresome and embarrassing. Just wanted to get that message out there. So paraphrasing OGRG, good actors know how to separate their feelings from their emotions. They appear to be feeling happy, compassionate, excited, content, even though they're feeling the opposite. So that's that's my paraphrase of something that the OG said. And that's what good actors do, man. Think about the good actors like the great Denzel Washington, right? That guy's a great actor. And... (laughs) <laughs> he played like every part in the book. He he could be a soldier in the army in glory, right? Mm-hmm. He could be a compassionate dad trying to save his son's life. He can be a revolutionary when he played Malcolm X. He could be a drug dealer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that? American Gangster? Yeah. Or he could be a crooked cop in Training Day. I mean, he played tons of different roles. He can mold into whatever you want him to be. That's the type of actor you have to be is he really a drug dealer probably not i would say it's very likely that he isn't he definitely isn't malcolm x right and i doubt that he's ever served in the military but he was able to play all of those roles and engage in all those feelings like that uh the one scene in glory when he had the that that famous tear that one scene where he's standing there and he got the the teardrop coming down right he was able to he was able to feel that emotion or I take that back. He was able to display that emotion, even though he might not have really felt that way. So step one was self-consciousness. Step two, you can create a a memorable character that stands out above the rest of the competition. All right. You need to create that memorable character. So I'll call this young thugging it. All right. That's a memorable character. I don't know who that guy is really, but I tell you what, before he came along, there wasn't a bunch of guys in hip hop wearing dresses and admitting that they were young young girl dresses. And uh his unorthodox slang, he's definitely using slang that nobody else is using. And he's doing it different. He's making himself memorable, if nothing else. <laughs> right. If nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> At very least, he's been he's being memorable. And it's that time for the reversal. And this week, OG says there is no reversal to this critical law. Bad theater is bad theater. He says something to the effect of even appearing natural is an art, which means it requires some form of acting. And I can see that. How many times have you seen people jump on stage, nervous as all get out, but they acted like they were natural. They act like that there was nothing wrong. How many times have you had to speak in the public? And you're shaking in your boots. But when you get done, everybody's like, you did such a great job. You were acting. You were scared out of your mind, but you acted like you were normal. (laughs) So I have a problem with that. Okay. This is, uh, I guess, the portion of the show where we would call the reversal challenge. All right. All right. So I have to refer to another book, a book that I referred to before, uh, Do You. And 
the OG Russell Simmons said he told a story about how when he was making the beat for sucker MCs and how when rap back then rap was all you know it's basically sampling disco beats you know it had to sound like uh good time what's the song good times or do 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 um what's that what's that song called I can't think of it right now. I'm totally caught off guard right now. You know, one of those songs. So that's how all the songs sounded, right? But he told, and so he told the record execs that, like, nah, we're just going to make a song with just drums, you know, a bass drum and a snare and a hi hat, and that's it. And they was like, nah, it's got to sound like these other hip-hop songs. That's what's selling. He was like, nope. And so he was like, do you? And that was like his favorite, you know, one of his most standout do you moments. And that song, of course, Sucker MCs, you know, blew up, is a hip-hop classic. And that only happened because he refused to recreate himself in that situation and wanted to stick to his guns and do him as he knew deep down inside that's what he wanted he didn't want to conform to these other people okay so that's my challenge and there were some other situations that he had uh, talked about like with uh, Fat Farm how he made his jeans you know a little less baggy because you know that's just how people wore their jeans where he was from and he stuck to that and that's kind of what helped them blow up Gotcha. So, uh, the law of do you is kind of the reversal, <clears throat> in my opinion, or the reversal challenge. And uh, I just wanted to toss that out there because I do feel All like right. there are some times where you can stick to your guns and not necessarily recreate yourself. But he also told some stories of some people that did recreate themselves as well. So, right. definitely works okay. both ways. All right, guys. And this has been another episode of the Corporate Streets <laughs> Powercast. And as always, we encourage you to get a um, get your own copy of Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power. You can get the audiobook like we listen to, or you can get the um, the regular old book like nobody else has. I don't know if anybody has that for real. I think Charlemagne said he reads the book. But get that. Yeah, and man, this is the digital world, man. Go get the audio copy. <laughs> <laughs> or the iPad, the iPad version. Right. Now, I don't I don't know how true this rumor is, but I heard that uh uh Robert Green his daughter just turned 16. Okay. And she got like a Nissan Versa, but regular air is not a good enough for her tires. She needs nitrogen? Oh. Okay. I don't I don't, I don't know what that means, but it's expensive apparently to fill your tires up with nitrogen instead of just like or oxygen so oh well uh please support <laughs> yeah uh, luckily it wasn't helium because we don't want her floating no we don't want her to do that float uncontrollably and just because you get robert green's book doesn't mean you don't need us anymore we're here and just because you listen to us doesn't mean you don't need to go and purchase the book you need to go get your own perspective i would say we compliment Robert Greene in his book. It's sort of like when you go get sushi 
right? Sushi is delicate. It's handmade, handcrafted just for you, made with love. And we're like the chopsticks. I mean, you can eat it with a fork and it'll be good. Or you can be barbaric and eat it with your hands. Savage. But you know what? That sushi was handcrafted to be eaten with chopsticks. We're like the chopsticks to Robert Green sushi. I actually ate sushi today and had cho- and used chopsticks. So I'm glad you wasn't a barbarian, bro. Yeah. You didn't use your hands. And um, yeah, he's kind of like those 26 inch wheels. And we're the tire shine. <laughs> Compliment that thing, man. We don't want no dull tires, right? Right. <laughs> All right, guys. And so um, it also don't forget, we do have a uh, another podcast that we do called the Corporate Streets Podcast. Go check it. Not sure how you wouldn't know that. And you're listening to this. But yeah, it's there. All right, guys. And so next week we have Law 26. And that is keep your hands clean. I don't Get like having goons. dirty hands. You gotta have yeah. them goons. You're not supposed to be doing putting no work out, putting no work in the streets. No nah, man, I wash my hands multiple times a day, bro. <laughs> and I use sanitizer. All right, so this is the Corporate Streets Podcast. This is the podcast for people who say, "His mama called him Clay, so I'ma call him Clay." Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he didn't want to let him recreate himself, man. He didn't want Muhammad Ali to be great. I'm saying his name's Clay. <laughs> Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> All right, peace. All right. Enrich your life. Attain your goals. Thank you for listening to the corporate street of corporate street of corporate street power cast power cast power cast